Yeah, peace, 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 family. Hope everything's good and everybody's staying as up and as best that they can. So we wanted to watch this clip real quick. This is from um, Brian from London Drill. And he talks about how 6 million British are on antidepressants, suicides being at a 20-year high, and the national depression rate doubling. So let's check this out. I guess so among the lockdowns, he's trying to run for mayor. Closures, we've all heard about the damage happening to our mental health. How do you quantify that? Well, an article that came out yesterday in The Guardian said that now in England, some 6 million people are on antidepressants, which is an all-time high. The national depression level has doubled since pre-lockdown times in February, and suicide is now at a 20-year high. Those are real figures that are showing you just some of the damage that this lockdown is causing on our mental health. Without mental health, we have nothing. You could have great physical health, but it's pointless. You could have a great economy. Yeah, oh, sorry, hold up, guys. But it's pointless if your mind isn't right. They run an interference. And it's been so hard to try to get the numbers to quantify mental health. And I've only just given you a few. And as we look into this more, we're really gonna start to understand the extreme damage that we're doing right now by this lockdown. And we talked Yeah, so I just wanna pause that there for a second. Um so you know, definitely twenty twenty we've seen a huge surge in mental health and, and mental health effects on people you know exasperated by the lockdown people being forced in their homes people being um isolated and you know just a lack of support there within the system people continuing to be careless and selfish as we see so um it's very tough and it's been very difficult so um just looking at these stats it's a shame we want to get back to what brian got to say and then we're gonna pick back up talked about it from an economic standpoint um I think it was uh, Lord Stuart Rose, former chairman of Marks Spencer, that said for every one day of lockdown, it takes us 20 to recover. Two billion pounds every day we're in lockdown. But to really quantify those mental health damaging effects. So you hear that, guys? For one day of lockdown, it takes 20 days to recover. So imagine being locked down pretty much for 365 days per year. I'm going to let y'all do the maths on that and the ratio on how long it takes to recover. Anybody got the answer to that who a mathematician? Drop the answer in the comments and I'm going to leave something special for y'all. It's something that we must think about right now because we are being locked down right now to control this virus. We are being told to protect our NHS even though when you look at the actual numbers, our NHS, first of all, is always overwhelmed in winter time and it's actually less overwhelmed now than it was in 2019. Nothing is open, and we've just been told now that our schools will be closed until further notice. They are not opening up again next week, as we were told they were here in London. The mental health damage is extreme. It's real. It's going to have deep scarring into the lives of ourselves, of our children, and it's going to directly affect the, the resilience of this country and the future output and the future greatness of London and the UK. And it's something we need to think about right now. Again, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And we're just not thinking of this right now. This all comes down to something of control versus elimination. And you have been sold uh, really a lie that this virus can be eliminated somehow, and it can't. It has to just be controlled. We have to find a way to live with this virus and to make intelligent decisions for the future. 
based on everything from the economy yeah, I just want to pause that because I think you made a great point just in terms of this virus ain't going anywhere. It can just be um, controlled somewhat. It can't be um, cured. It's an interesting point because I was in conversation with somebody yesterday and I was saying in my experience and in my regards to the world, um, even in my just my time living on this plane right now, I haven't really seen anything be sold. Like even the most um, trivial illness that we may think of and that's not me trivializing illness in any regard shape or form now my point is um you know we ain't even got a cure for um the common cold you know to my understanding we have um control measures to to sort of suppress some of these things and, and keep things balanced but there isn't a cure for anything we haven't cured um you know some of the socio-political issues that we face you know there's, there's no cure for racism there's no cure for cancer there's no cure for some of these things so um as he's as brian alluded to we learn to sort of live with them somewhat with it amidst the society that we live in and how we manage our lives and our beings around it so um this being a new one now with covid19 and just the effect that it's had um it's definitely one that we want to shed some light to and then we're going to get back into a bit more talk about the stigmas around mental health. The physical health to mental health and locking everything down and shutting our schools down is not the right decision. It's something we're gonna pay for tenfold or a hundredfold in the future. The science tells us this, the data tells us this, and yet your politicians don't tell you this. Your mainstream media tells you the opposite of this. They are complicit in these lies that we are being told on a regular basis. You can look the numbers up because we have something called Public Health England here who actually publishes real numbers and you can see what's actually happening out there. It's now your responsibility as a voter, as a parent, as a citizen to educate yourself and start demanding from your politicians that they start making science-based decisions, a proportional response to this virus, and they show some leadership. A politician should be an innovator. A politician should be a leader. A politician should show you solutions not use fear as a weapon and panic people and blame other parties and ask for bailouts. That's not why they're here. Great leaders innovate, they educate, and, and they take people to the next level. And that's what we need. So please leave your comments below. Let me know if you agree with me or disagree with me. It's 2021, and I am super optimistic on this year. There are so many people out there that are really waking up to the reality of these numbers. I know we can move forward. Leave me your comments below, and let's go. Yeah, so guys, there you go. Just a little clip from um, London Real. So um, let me take the screen share down a bit. So I'm um, just getting into it. You know, as we see the report, 6 million British on antidepressants, suicides at a 20-year high, national depression rate doubling. Um, we definitely have seen mental health be racked this year and... Um, I want to say thoughts and prayers to those who have lost and those who was unable to survive their battles and struggles with mental health. You know, some who succumbed to suicide and things of that nature and some who have passed untimely just throughout the, the situations that we're seeing within the modern world. So, um, yeah, family man, I want to say, you know, anybody who's made it through to 2021, you know peace and blessings and you know congratulate yourself and um because it's definitely been tough to say you stayed strong and you made it for another year especially those who have been in a position of isolation and haven't had you know for the most parts 
any kind of support or anything around them. Now, you know, when I ain't got that support, I always lean to the most high for support, man. And um, it's that invisible or unseeable force similar to um, the infamous parable of footprints where, you know, I was on my own, but, you know, and the good Lord says, no, you know, those times I was carrying you throughout it. So, um, it's, it's definitely a critical and a time of, I'd say, a real impasse right now where things are going to definitely go into a new direction and change. And we want to see more positivity because people are going to need leadership. And like Brian just alluded to, um, where, where, do, where are people going to look to for real kind of leadership? leadership that can steer them in the right direction that's not you know pushing people on a fear-based narrative and stuff like that so um i want to pick back up on my next video i'm going to really expound a lot more into mental health and how it affects a lot of people and a lot of the stigma that exists within the communities especially within the um the black communities and stuff within the uk now i'm not just isolating the black community but i do feel as though there's a lot of stigma and lack of support with um mental health within the black community because of ego pride and a lot of things and, and just systematic issues where sometimes things go you know un um unaddressed and unresolved where i do feel and see a lot of other groups and nations whether it's that they're given the access or they take the access but have more access to somewhat support services and stuff like that. Now, that's not to say um, they have it any easier because, you know, mental health and things like that are an affliction nonetheless. But um, we do want to do more to challenge and break down some of the stigmas that exist within the black community and stuff around mental health. You know, recently I did a, a song of which I, um, I played on the character, the Joker from the movie, um, which was recently done with Joaquin Phoenix, um, a, a huge um, successful movie that was really able to get into the underpinning of mental health and stuff and, and show things from a different standpoint. So I kind of used it as an axiom, becoming the black joker to sort of have conversations and um, shed some light on mental health and break a bit of the stigma. So um, family, you know, I just want everybody to stay safe, stay woke out there, look out for you folks like share subscribe you know um and you know let us know what you guys think because we're in serious times right now you know and um be there to support each other because people need it right now so um with that being said peace family i'm out peace 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 family so we're back with it once again i just want to share with you guys this small little update so um got a bit of new news for you guys that's recently been broke it says that swansea university has developed the world's first vaccine smart patch so um let's see if we can have a look at this thing right here and the reason, the reason for smart vaccine is because of the fact that they have the ability to then look at the response to these vaccines. And they can basically look at look for biomarkers to prepare how the patients vaccine. Yeah, so when we're looking at technology now, the these mini needles, silicone. So you can take this and you can take a lot of the 
Oh well. Yeah, so here we go. Um, the prototype being developed by the end of March, and they want to make it commercially available within the next three years. Yeah, so you see what these people talking about, man. Um, you know, world's coronavirus vaccine. Now everybody knows that we like to keep a certain edge with things on this channel, definitely keeping our faith in the most high. And we find it kind of a bit, you know, I guess it's the way of the world now that um people are putting so much faith in in technology and stuff. I guess you're always gonna have the nature versus nurture argument and the the human versus transhuman sort of agenda and this sort of um direction that we're going in now with you know more technology now some may argue and say you know technology can be used for good and technology is only getting better we've got you know new methodologies and ways now instead of you know getting jabbed with a big needle you've got these these micro needles and stuff like that and these smart sort of vaccines so um we're looking at this it says a prototype will be developed by the end of march and they hope they can put it forward for clinical trials Swansea University have been heralded for a lot of this by people. So if we see these micro needles, which would be used to administer the vaccine, and not only that, monitor the body's immune response. So we're looking at more of these tech-based things now that not only are they going to be, um, you know, administering a vaccine, but it's it's going to be extracting information too. So uh, if they're saying it can monitor the body, the body's immune response, I'm just wondering where does that information get sent to is everything stored in like a little chip that's going to be inside and um, what's the next process from that so here we see dr sanjeev sharma um not quite sure his nationality away from but um he's a he's a medical senior lecturer in medical engineering at swansea university and he seems quite happy about the work he's doing so he's talking about immunoglobulins and antibodies which form a critical part of our immune defenses. And he says, what we expect in response to the self-administration of this vaccine patch is to see the production of immunoglobulins, which the device will be able to detect. And he's saying it's a low-cost vaccine administration device, which will ensure a safe return to work and manage subsequent COVID-19 outbreaks. So this seems like something that is gonna be implemented amongst a lot of these people. Here we see a PhD student and um, they say it's a cheaper alternative to hypodermic needles. So yeah, guys, let us know your thoughts on this. Um, we're gonna be seeing this, the world's first vaccine smart patch slash chip sort of thing. And um, let us know your thoughts and comments. We've got a few reports relating to just this vaccine and the COVID-19 rollout. It being one of the biggest modes of news going on in the world at the minute. So I'd like to say, you know, hit the like, share, subscribe, definitely get this information out to those who require it and um, stay up, stay woke and always look out for your folks. Yeah, peace family. So I wanted to share this report with you guys and that was actually one that I was initially tipped to report on a little bit of a while ago, but it's still relevant and pertinent news. So we're speaking about how France is confronting its big anti-vax problem, which, you know, we clearly see that the world has 
dubbed vaccines as the answer to a lot of the world's problems. Albeit, I feel as though the Most High God is the answer to a lot of the world's problems. But in the times that we live in, you know, we see that there's so much viruses, so much plagues, pestilence, pandemic, things of that nature. And vaccines have been tipped by Bill Gates and many others to be the um, the greatest solution to these problems. Now, um, I digress. It says France, who has been known for one of the world's most vaccine hesitant nations now you probably have to do a bit of knowledge and research on that so i don't know if they have um a reputation of being anti-vaccine we know france have definitely shown signs of being quite anti-establishment in the past especially when it comes to um how they feel they're being governed and you know there's always seems to be a lot of um civil unrest and stuff that happens within france so um in the context of the most vaccine hesitant nation that is being dubbed as it says this time around officials have a plan to change people's views so let's see how is that going to be done or how can that be done because some of these same techniques can be implemented and used in other places so it's good for us to you know have a insight on what's happening it says as it emerges from its second covid lockdown france is preparing to roll out one of the biggest vaccination campaigns in history the country has been badly battered by the pandemic tallying 59,000 covid deaths and 2.3 million cases so far and the vaccine will finally offer a way out of this ordeal um it's being set um, yet Paris will now have to grapple with another alarming reality. France has become one of the world's most vaccine-skeptical countries in the world. So um, we hear some quotes from people saying, I'm not going to get vaccinated against the coronavirus unless they make it mandatory. It doesn't seem reasonable when you look at how quickly these products have been manufactured. Now, we know this is um, a huge note of concern for a lot of people. Catherine, a 55-year-old French woman, who is crossing Paris's Luxembourg Gardens on her way to work is absolutely sure. She says, I'm healthy. I don't fall into the age groups at risk. I don't need the shots. So um, you've got quite a few people that it says they've interviewed who have been saying, you know, they don't need the shots pretty much. So it says a survey gouging the attitudes of 15 countries in October found that only 54% of French respondents would be willing to get a COVID vaccine jab compared to 64% in the US and 79% in the UK. So, um, you know, these are quite interesting statistics because we know in the UK there is definitely a higher volume of people waiting for the vaccine. We know that there's going to be a rollout happening. We're already amidst the rollout happening and stuff at the minute. So in 2018, a wide-ranging Gallup study of 144 countries, the French were found to be the most prone to believe that vaccines aren't safe. So um, that's one of the opinions that's been shared. So let's see if we can find a bit of info on this strategy. So there we go. It says, like the rest of the EU, France is awaiting the go-ahead of the European Medicines Agency to make the new vaccines available. So they've already pre-ordered up to 200 million doses and the campaign, it says here, this is a bit of an old report, may kick off as early as the last days of December. Now, I don't actually believe it has initiated just yet. We're in the early days of January as the time of this report. And they will be using a similar method to a lot of places, starting with the elderly in care homes. The government has decided to leave the shots optional you know, which is in a desperate need to boost the population's trust. Now, as as much as they say these things are going to be optional, 
I do feel as though in eventuality, especially once they have inoculated, you know, the masses of the people and stuff, it will possibly become more mandatory because um, they will have more more scope and stretch then to, to do it that way because you'll be in the, um, there'll be less people that don't have it than do. So, you know, it will give them more grounds to say okay well you know this needs to be mandatory because you're putting everybody else at risk and some may argue that well if all the people have been inoculating and there's a few that haven't how are they spreading the risk you know so uh, there's so many different variables that we could look at towards this but i digress getting back to this um article it says gyms across the country were converted into big testing centers but remain largely empty and this was in France so um they wanted they really want this was in 2009 for an old campaign for the H1N1 virus so um they're saying by the summer of 2010 barely 8.5 percent of the population in France had been vaccinated so that's short of the 75 percent target so let's see what methods they have for this COVID jab. So in early stages, vaccines will go to the most vulnerable, yada yada yada. The government aware, yada yada yada. Um let's see. Winning people over will be no easy trust or no easy task. Distrust of public authorities is in a way part of the French national character. Well, it's somewhat a part of the the national character to a lot of people around the world. We know France maybe um, has shown it in a heightened display. They say this figure was 27% this year, 14 points lower than the UK. So, um, but it seems they more have a lot of plans, just judging from this article, to um, try and make the the people feel a lot better it doesn't actually explain anything that's going to be forced it's just giving a bit of context to i guess why people have their feelings that they do and they don't wish to see these made mandatory it says over the following months um people have encouraged wearing masks and stuff for those who wish to and making them mandatory on public transport in france so things like that have been put into place so um it doesn't give too much info on these shots. It just says the hope is that the new anti-COVID shots, is what they're calling them, will pave a way to return to normalcy, whatever that means, and ease the pressure on health facilities overburdened with COVID patients. So um, they want to defeat the nation's skepticism and want to add a bit more transparency to what's going on. So, um, so much stuff going on in the world. You know, um, it's definitely been a crazy state. So we want you guys to um, stay safe out there, stay woke, always look out for you folks. Let us know your thoughts in the comments, what do you guys feel, have you taken your shot yet, are you um, ready to take it, are you going to be taking it? Let us know your thoughts and um, where are you at around the world because we know we got things happening in different places, slightly different. So peace to the family, salute, support and um, stay up, stay woke and always look out for you. Yeah, so um, mobs of terrorists have um, stormed the U.S. Capitol. You know, rioters and looters definitely, you know, out letting their presence be known. Latent terrorism have stormed their way into the corridors 
of the U.S. Capitol building. So, um, such a shock. I mean, a man calls on people to raid the building. You see this picture. Um, some say this has been incited by Donald Trump. They've even gone to the lengths of banning people from posting comments on some of his Twitter posts and retweeting them because they feel as though it is fanning the flames and, you know, um, adding more fuel to the proverbial fire. So a pro-Donald Trump mob, they stormed the U.S. Capitol yesterday, which would be Wednesday, the 6th of January, 2021, interrupting the, the certification of Joe Biden's electoral college win, and they really threw Washington into a panic and disarray. You know, lawmakers and staff reporters were forced to shout as shots were fired. Tear gas and stuff was used, and there's reports that have at least one dead. So we can see pictures of these guys, um, some done in their military garb, you know, got their weapons, got their flags, um, really, you know, a, a huge plethora of people out pro-Trump, um, they feel as though something's been wrong and, you know, they've been wronged and, and, you know, look at these, some of these pictures, we see people hanging from buildings and, and really, um, look at this, like, you know, so yeah, they really went into, to let it be known that they're in the building and, you know, they upset, look at this guy, a man carries a lectern with him. So they've been taking stuff out of the U.S. Capitol building and stuff. Um, yeah, so we haven't seen many death reports yet, but we have had a few reported. You know, former U.S. President Obama says that he feels Donald Trump incited this raid on the U.S. Capitol. And let's see if we get a little footage for you guys. So yeah, as you guys can see. So an explosive device, you know, was 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 let off. Yeah, so, you know, some people feel as though, as you can see, you've got this sort of mob justice. A lot of this seems very eerie, similar to um, the Hunger Games. Never, never been seen before in history. And speaking of which, we've seen so much. We've seen so much never, be, never before things seen. Um, 
in 2020. So 2021 is definitely starting with a bang. Some say they feel that this year will be um, very eerily similar to a George Orwell novel. They say um, if you watch the signs, we could be seeing something like the Hunger Games type scenario rolling out or a Purge type scenario rolling out. Um, it's definitely sensitive and critical times. We want the good family to stay prayed up and keep the faith in the most high because through him all things are possible. And we know that um, even though we fight with so much wickedness on this planet, things can be brought back into a balance through the power of the most high. So, um, yeah, we just want to say family, stay safe, stay woke, always look out for you folks. Um, we're at critical times right now in the world with stuff that's happening. Um, looters and, and terrorists now stemming and from the States and, and actually attacking their own capital and stuff. So, um, we've got to observe and look at these things, what's going on. And, um, you know, stay safe out there, family. So, um, peace. Yeah, so it's being reported that Birmingham, UK's Millennium Point, has sent out warnings that it's going to become a mass coronavirus vaccination hub. Now it says it's going to be um, strictly appointment-only basis. Um, people will be able to go and get themselves checked out and tested as they see uh, for symptoms of COVID. Um, Millennium Point announced on the 6th of January that it will become the first COVID-19 mass vaccination center to operate in the Midlands. But it issued a warning to anybody expecting to just turn up and be vaccinated. It's, um, you know, appointment only at the minute. So um, there's a lot of people lining up wanting to get their vaccinations. Um, that's one place that's going to be doing it. The centre will be run by the NHS in Birmingham and Solihull as part of the region's coronavirus vaccination programme. So um, it's going to be quite a big programme starting off and it's going to be rolling out. Um, I'm sure if they're looking for volunteers and stuff, we know and reported in the past that certain other areas have been looking for volunteers for a sort of mass inoculation scheme that they've got planned. Um, let's see, it's important that we're clear with the public that this center will be operating by appointment only, so they should not attend unless they have already been directly contacted by the NHS and have an appointment booked. So um, the NHS says they thanks and stuff like that. As we can see a couple of pictures, Millennium Point, the first um, official vaccination center. So we will be seeing more of these kind of popping up and stuff. Um, for those that know Birmingham and that are aware, you know, um, check us, leave your thoughts in your comments and stuff. Let us know. Um, we, we do have a bit more information around this. It's going to be rolling out soon, but we have to um, be careful and stuff just with this topic. I think very sensitive. So um, everybody, thoughts and prayers. Stay safe. Stay woke. And always look out for you folks. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I think that everyone should be a little bit concerned about what's happening right now. But you know what? I mean, but how they have used rubber bullets on our sisters, hitting them in the face, hitting them on their body. How they have pulled over our sons, pulled over husbands and used lethal force. How when people were marching and to do a photo op, you use tear gas.
and shot people across the street. I think that you should have a problem what's going on right now. Because to let them people run up in there, those Trump supporters to run up in the Capitol. And you kill one of our children for a traffic light. Or because he's getting in his car. Or because he's jogging. I'm a freedom fighter. And my father was a freedom fighter. Who organized for Dr. King. My mother worked for Mega Evans. My uncle was a Black Panther. My cousin was a Black Panther. My grandfather was part of Ministers of Defense or Ministers for Defense in Louisiana and fought against the Klan. So, yes, I'm heated right now. But you need to know what you're fighting for. And I'm going to tell you, some of you brothers that's out there, y'all talking about you so quick to talk about I bang this dude in the eye or I bust off on somebody. You know, but, but where you stand for what's right, though? Anybody can hurt somebody for nothing. But will you stand when it's time to stand? Tired of you cowards. And things, and, and you think it's cool to just bank somebody or something like that. You know what? You know when to be a man and stand up. I'm sitting up here and I'm heated. They use rubber bullets on our women, shoot them in the face, shoot them in the back, and the whole nine, and they let these people run up in the Capitol and, and storm the house. You should have a problem with that. I'm going to tell you, you know what? I know that a lot of people was was going into the new year, turning up and partying and everything else. Let me say you something and things. Y'all better wake up about what's going on out here. And as far as people of color, you got a house when they grow and a field they grow. That's what Malcolm X talked about. You need to figure out which one of you. I don't have no problem. And yes, you can check my record. I work with dudes on the street. I've taken homeless people into my home. I've brand and burning buildings to save people. I've stopped a mugger from mugging somebody on Liberty Road. I stopped a, a person that was carjacking somebody. I mean, I go hard. So I see what's going on now. It ain't cool. So I'm going to tell you, some of you brothers and things, we got to come together, and you need to learn what to fight for, man. Don't be proud to be fighting some dude over something stupid because somebody said something on Facebook. Don't be bragging because you put your hands on your girl in a negative way. I don't have no reputation to put my hands on no girl in no negative way. So, yes. 
We need to come together. We need to stand. We need to fight against injustice. And you know what? I mean, yeah, you can enjoy yourself sometimes, but you cannot party harder than you are taking care of your business. I'm sitting up here looking and they, if it was, if that was all black people walking up there, just marching, going up there, somebody would have, people would be dead. People would be dead. If they stormed in there like that, had them police running, they would be dead. They brought out riot vehicles and tanks when we were protesting. All right, well, I'm going to tell you, I just had to put it out there. I just had to really put it out there because I'm going to tell you, yes, I don't have no problem and I'm not asking nobody to do something that I won't do. I have fought against injustice and I have gone hard on the system and everything else, but you need to know what you're fighting for. Some of you brothers out there, y'all want to talk about, yeah, I carry the heat. I do this, that, and the third. Let me tell you, you know what's gangster? Gangster is when you a man and you bringing groceries home. That's gangster. Gangster is when your son come to you and saying, yeah, somebody wanted me to hold a package. And you tell him, nah, son, we don't do that. And you in his life. That's gangster. So you need to know what you're fighting for. You need to know what you're fighting for. Because let me tell you, sometimes we got to teach some of our young brothers what real men do and what real men don't do. Real men don't beat on no women. Real men want to bring something to the table. Real men know when it's time to stand. And yes, just like I said, I don't have no problem with asking nobody to do something that I do myself. I feed the hungry. I clothe the ones who need it. I've brought people into my home. I have stopped my car as I saw someone being harassed by law enforcement. And I ain't anti-police. I'm anti-wrong. Any of y'all that's wrong, I'm against it. So just like I said earlier, you want to be gangster? Gangster is bringing groceries home. Gangster is being there when your family needs you. That's gangster. And my name is Dr. Ted Sutton, and I support that message. Peace.